Are you guys willing to go on a journey to the past with me? Mm, okay. Long, long past? Um, we're going to go back about a little more than 30 years. So oh, okay. pretty pretty far. Yeah. I, I want to say let's go back to 1988. All right. Okay. Roughly. Give okay. or take. All right. All right. We're we're sitting in Duff's uh, office. He's a studio executive now. It's the waning days of the Cold War. Yep. Um, it's still he, too... We definitely can't make Challenger jokes. It's too soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, got a, I've got a movie pitch for you guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. But uh, I, 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 I'm going to keep it brief, but I think you're going to be really excited about this. All right. I, I've got two stars already locked in. All right. That's All right. a big I'm, deal right there. Yeah. Uh, you guys like Ghostbusters? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Does it make you laugh? Mm-hmm. How about that Rick Moranis? Does he does he give you the giggles? Mm-hmm. He's great. Yeah, he's great, great in everything I've seen him in. Okay, even so, bad movies, he's still good. So, we, so that means th- they're raising the floor here with mm-hmm. Rick. All right, uh, is he the star? No, I've got an even bigger name for you. We're gonna put Rick Moranis together mm-hmm. with Steve Martin. I am a wild and cra- wild and crazy guy. Yeah. Uh, are, are you guys in so far? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, here's where we're going to twist it a little bit, okay? It being 1988, the only way you could sweeten the pot is if Andrew Dice Clay was in it. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, well, I'm sure we could, with those two guys attached, we can fill this out with an awesome cast. I have no doubt about that. But mm-hmm. but here's here's the twist. We're going to have both of them play miserable pricks. <laughs> I'm going to call it parenthood. Listeners, welcome to another episode of a free podcast. I'm your co-host Rob, and joined as always by my baby-making friends Joe and Duff. <laughs> well, I have not made a baby that I know. I know, of. <laughs> but like in the spirit of this show movie, everyone's making babies. Yeah, all right. Right? I mean, babies are made. <laughs> sure. like, I mean, by it's, the minute. It's the you know, dads post, be busting. It's post. <laughs> it's post-COVID summer. It's it's uh, what are they calling it? Uh, Nutbusters. No. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, we're gonna of, mate. We're gonna mate our way right into the rising tides. Yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, we're we're here. We're we're f- continuing our season on um, how to be a dad, and uh, episode two, we are talking about the movie Parenthood from 1989, which uh, we had talked before. None of us had seen this before, correct? Nope, I had not. Okay. Nope. And, and everyone out there, you forgot about this movie, but it was a pretty big hit. I, I got to admit something. I, I've, mm-hmm. I, this, this kind of eliminated a long time source of shame because, you know, I got my first Ron Howard tattoo when I was like 19, <laughs> but I low key had never seen his hit movie Parenthood. And I've always felt like kind of a poser for that. Oh my God. What, what would a Ron Howard tattoo be? Uh, it's, it's just a, a cap. Like one of his caps over my bald shoulder. Oh, okay. I thought it was um, like the poster for Ed TV. <laughs> it has for me. It's uh, you get the knuckle tats like Night of the Hunter, and on one hand is Opie, and on the other is like old Ron Howard with the hat. Perfect. Yin, get the yin and the yang. Wow. Wow. Um. Yeah. So so Ron Howard he did direct this, and this is I mean this is one of his bigger hits for sure. This movie made more money than Back to the Future 2. Wow. I will say, this movie, I was not, uh, as we before we jump right in, I, I'm going to be honest, I think I confused this movie with Cheaper by the Dozen. Because- oh, well, Steve Martin, first of all, Steve Martin has always been 45 years old. Always. When they say, I was, listen, there's a part early in this movie when he says he's 35 years old, and I was shook. I mean, in real life, he was early 40s, but yeah. Steve Martin has looked that way since 1968, I think. Yeah, yeah. In the the poster for this movie, 
uh, looks like a problem child type poster. Like it's Steve Martin holding kids upside down. Yeah, it's, it seems like absolute silliness. So I was kind of shocked. It, it, the poster is a problem child vibe. It, 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 it's every Steve Martin played like a, a sort of frazzled uh, suburban dad in I think about 35 straight movies from like this point through the early 2000s so I, I totally get why he'd be and, and what's wild is he didn't actually become a father until like recently yeah like, I don't think he became a father till he was like in his mid 60s that's why they call it acting I guess so <laughs> I guess so so I thought this movie was going to be like silliness and uh, maybe that's why I liked it more than it seems like Joe did up and tough we're not sure on your view on this but you know, I kind of felt like it kind of thread the line a little bit with some uh, uh, some uh, serious stuff that kind of worked for me. The floor was very low <laughs> for my mm-hmm. expectations on this, so I think that helped. Um, it is not great, but it's a. I will say I enjoyed it as like a comfort movie, and I yeah. think what it is is that it's just there's a collection of people in here that deliver some truly mediocre material but make it likable because Diane Weist is doing you have you have Diane Weist Jason Robards uh I I didn't even you know his character might be a prick but I think Steve Martin is good and serious stuff I will agree I, I agree I will agree though Rick Moranis is totally wasted and his arc is unnecessary yes he the yes well before we get into the synopsis of the movie joe why did you choose this i I just thought uh, it's a good it it, it seemed like a good movie that i I wanted to do one that centered on like work-life balance which you know obviously we're centering this in on fathers but obviously you know i don't really know that that's an altogether different experience for a mother either but so I wanted uh, to do something about them. Yeah, I wanted to do something about trying to sort of balance your career. Um, and, Have, and, and, having it all. Having it all. And also something I, I, as we move through the season that, that sort of focuses on parenting, you know, children that are older and older as we move through it. Yeah, and we it get all like stages this centers, here. This centers on, with him anyways, like uh, a, what, a preteen? Mm-hmm. Like he's probably what ten, eleven. Yeah, like a not well, quite you a mean, tween. You mean the Kevin? The... Yeah, Kevin's nine. Nine. Okay. So, yeah. so he's he's certain. I mean, obviously, he's not a baby. No. <laughs> so not he, a baby. it goes beyond three men and a baby. But something. It, it's not primarily, at least with at least with the star of the movie, focused on teen issues. He's got a. He also has the toddler, which I'm going to tell you guys. I all the toddler bits made me laugh in this movie. With the, the toddler with the bucket on his head, just ramming into stuff. I mean, <laughs> it's jokes it's, that made me laugh. It seemed realistic from my exposure to toddlers. <laughs> he was just and when just my doing... when my nieces were little, just like random weird wacky stuff would happen, like yeah. having a little Chris Farley in the house. Yeah, or when he or when or when the kid's totally naked in the little cowboy outfit. That's good. Yeah. That's that's a good bit. I mean, like nudity's funny. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I thought that that would be, this would allow us to, you know, I'm hoping each movie will allow us to at, at sort of explore fatherhood from different angles. And and, and despite the movies, I would, I would say is uneven. And yeah. there's some, th- there's some parts of it that I really, really hated, but th- there's some, some nice, there's some good parts too. And, and some, some of the smaller roles I think are huge bright spots. Like I thought Keanu Reeves is really, really funny in it. Um, he was, he was funny. I mean, what a typecast that he had for quite a while that you just like we need the moron let's get the yeah. good looking moron in get, there get the good looking but likable surfer dude yeah <laughs> so uh I, that's again why I, I picked it and i guess we can sort of i mean i don't want to i'll come back to this but the, the structure of the movie isn't at all what i expected it to be um, and I'll, I'll return to this and, and elaborate on more, but it, it's really more like a, and I know it was turned into one, but it's more like a television show, really. Than, Absolutely, than a movie. It, it is, and I and I I would say in a very bad way, but um, it's it's hit and miss. It's it's very ensemble driven, too much so. It's too much so. Um, some arcs are very awkward, 
and kind of unresolved, uh, such as apparently Jason Robards is just raising his uh, grandson at the end, so, who, see, is a I, chi- who is a child named Cool. <laughs> I, my issue is less. So I, 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 you're right. The TV show thing is is perfect, and there's a reason they try to make it a new TV show twice now. Um, I have less problems with the unresolved stuff and more problems with like the arcs that were forced and were and like don't make sense. Like the Rick Moranis arc in this is terrible. And I'd rather if he was just like a stuffy, terrible dad rather than like having this like, you know, they get they separate and they get back together. And I'm like, why am I rooting for this loser? And also, and also than, okay. it doesn't really resolve any of his issues he had as a parent, which was that he was just trying to groom a little Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, okay, should I should we do a quick synopsis so that people know, remember? Yeah, I, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Like, I think it's a lot to try to go. Yeah, I'll go quick th- chronologically, but maybe we could just center on the three prime. I guess four primary dads, if we're going to count that fail yeah. son. As a yeah, dad. so yeah, so we we do have you know to go to Duff's point. It's a TV show. I mean, it's it's uh you know the head of the family is is Jason Roberts character, and he's got four kids. Um, Steve Martin is one of them, uh, and he's got a pretty. I mean, for the most part, things are together for him. Although his his oldest is having issues at school, and um, towards the end, there's a little like, should we have a fourth one or not? Uh, their nurse Diane Weiss's character, which is uh, his sibling, and she's uh, raising two kids on her own. They're both like preteen and teen, and so all the like drama that goes with that. And then you have another sister who is married to um, uh, to Rick Moranis, and their whole thing is like uh, think think uh, the, uh, the the rich couple from Christmas Vacation. Right, the, like the, this the is the couple. couple who doesn't even own a TV. Yeah, and also like just they're they're so helicoptery, especially the dad helicopter parenting yeah. around like raising a brilliant genius. Um, and then we have the loser son, played by Tom Halsey, who Mozart. Is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah Mozart the whole movie, I was like, God, he looks familiar. Yeah, and I didn't. Yeah. I was like, "Well, I'll look it up when the movie's over. I'm going to try to figure it out." And I couldn't. And I was like, "Oh my god, it's it's Mozart." We talked about him in another movie. Oh, he's in Mary Shelley's Frankenstein that we talked about. Oh yeah. Um, oh. He has yeah. a he has a very weird baby face, and he yeah. he always stands out to me. And so he's just a loser who like has been. His you know, character is. It's yeah. not even. It is not a real person. Like it it's, is, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Now, it, s- but it is. But it doesn't explore. I think an issue of parenting that yes. that is really tough. Like just basically, Jason Robards. Like, oh, I thought you were talking about. It's really tough when you um, when someone drops your kid off that you didn't know you had and said you watch him. I shot somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's funny. <laughs> that uh, actually, that was a really funny bit. Um, I, despite like the possible like racist undertones of it um, yeah. but um like, i mean the thinking of this as 1989 this is very much supposed to be funny because it's like oh look he's got a black kid yeah, yeah. and that's not funny. but thankfully they don't make a joke of it in the movie at least like i know what you're saying well they the, they the movie do... lingers on everyone's shocked faces for yeah, a while like and this... it's not because he has a kid it's because it's, it's you have the big reveal but thankfully yeah like you know, after I, that moment, it doesn't. It's like, not an issue. Anymore. I can think of other movies would have had him using slang. It would have been like, ugh, it could have been much worse. But yeah, still uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. So he, yeah, he is, he is, uh, kind of been grifting his father forever, and his father loves him. He's just into not. It just yeah, the, like the, the I, the challenge of just accepting that your kid is a failure. Yeah, is and something. Pay, and I, paying something, off, paying off their mob hit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's I can't. I mean that's got to be that's something, you know that that you, you. I mean I think every parent has big dreams for their kid, and that's and that's fine. But the thing with like big big dreams is like they usually don't come true. The no. problem with this kid is like he couldn't even come up with like the most modest of dreams, like not having hitmen trying to kill him for gambling yeah. debts and stuff like that. But you you love your kid and you look at that them with rose colored glasses and. Robart's having to come to terms with who his son really is and, and accept, not accept him, but like accept the reality of him 
is I think a really interesting and, and dramatic uh, thing to explore. Unfortunately, like the you could have really spent a lot more time with that, but instead we get like Rick Moranis not being funny. Yeah. The one what I'll say about uh, the character of uh, I think his name is Larry. Um, Larry, the Tom Halsey guy. Yeah. Um, I, I'm saying this in all seriousness. It, I think it is affecting that when he tells his dad, he's like, these guys are going to kill me for $26,000. And like this dude, you know, he's halfway through his life. He's such a screw up. And it kind of makes you think like, is this guy worth that money? (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah, like it, you know, if you're Jason Robards and he's like, well, I'll have to work a few more years. And especially, and I, the, his son proves it is that he's, he immediately screws up again. Yeah. I think that's exactly right. It's not that he's just, you got to pay 26,000. Now you're going to need to do another larger amount in five more years. again. Yeah. And you know, you can kind of see it. I mean, Robards even goes and to Steve Martin and asks his advice. Cause like, well, what do you do? Cause he knows like this, this is not the end. It's no. like, so should I just throw away 26 grand on this loser? But otherwise he's probably going to die. Yeah. 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 Um, so, I mean, that's, that's sort of the, the only thing is like, all right. So my, my complaints outside of the things I really like, which we kind of talked about with like, especially Diane Weist. I mean, she got nominated for an Oscar for this movie, which is wild, but she, like, as I said, great. she is one of those people, even terrible movies, it's a delight to see her just so genuine. Yeah. Um, and, and so you have all these actors and I think, uh, I think, you know, we made some Ron Howard jokes early and I think this is a, like, this is Ron Howard's wheelhouse, right? Like this is what he can do. He is good with, uh, characters and he's good with characters and emotion. A lot of times it's not earned, um, in some of his stuff. I, I think for as clunky and as some of the, as, wasted as some of these pieces are i think that everything here is earned yeah the roller coaster bit is where i was like okay (sighs) okay ron we got it yeah they have they have a grandma they have the grandma show up and give like the you know the like life advice which is fine it's fine that's okay in this movie i'm totally okay with that but then they like double down to like have steve martin not understand it and then they triple down and have his wife, Mary Steenbergen, then explain it to him. And then they even quadruple down when later on, when things are a little, like, hectic, they shoot it like everyone's on a roller coaster. Uh, and I'm like, come on. Yeah. It- <laughs> I'm not a moron. And I, I was actually disappointed because I was, I was enjoying this movie, and that sequence is just like, there are oh, boy. There are some really clunky scenes that are supposed to be poignant. Yeah. And... Like the the scene where uh, Mary Steenburgen um, reveals that she's pregnant again. There's some real awkward lines in there, and some of it's just the passage of time. But it's I think we're supposed to identify with Steve Martin, but he just comes off as a prick. Yeah, the Steve Martin character, like at times he's like this really loving, nice father, and then other times it's like a different character altogether. It feels he, he feels it's well the, the, it's feels poorly written. My 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 issue with it is his his life doesn't seem remotely challenging to me. Um, like a big a big part of it is that he has this son that supposedly has emotional problems, but the movie literally never shows him being anything other than like the sweetest kid on the planet. Yeah, like it, the kid. At worst, he's sensitive. Like, yeah, he's a sensitive nine year old. Wow, I've never seen that before. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like oh, he's anxious. Like oh, okay. Oh yeah. oh, oh, there's a, a kid who's bad at baseball and and still has to play it is anxious about it. I can't. I've I've never lived that myself personally. Oh man, <laughs> I mean, I I want to talk about that. This movie was just like a, a stark reminder to me of like, is there a worse thing we make children do than little league baseball? Cubs because Cubs. it's, it's <laughs> well. That's a good point. We make kids do a lot of dumb stuff just because we think they should. Well, I think what it is for Little League... And by we, I mean you guys, because I don't do that. Well, like, Little League, you know, you think about, like, Little League is so... All the moments in Little League are, like, individual in a game. 
right? I mean, you're on a team, but like the ground ball or the pop fly goes to you and everyone's looking at you to make the play or when you're batting, it's up to you to get the hit. Like the amount of like pressure that happens in little league because of the moments is wild. And just like watching this, you're like, man, this poor kid, man, how brutal, you know, yeah, like I, I was feeling stressed during the pop flies. I'm like, oh no, oh no. I don't know. I, I don't really think, I think lots of activities that little kids are in, put them in the spot. Like what if you have your kid act in a play? I mean, there's going to be moments. But there's no winning something. and losing in that, which is, I think what makes it different. You don't, you don't have like theater parents, like shouting and oh. screaming when someone screws up. And well, you, all, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you but, do now, <laughs> but we've all like grown up and played and you have like parents who are yelling and shouting, uh, you know, God knows what. You have the, the Clint Howard event. character who I thought was yeah. very funny, by the way. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's a real person that yeah, exists in yeah, every no, game. There's, there's no doubt about it. But the the point remains is that like he, he he's and what attracted me to the film is like okay, so he's trying to be successful in his career and advance in his career, and then he has these issues at home and doesn't feel like he can devote the time to solve to to do either of them well, which I think is a really relatable thing for people. Except, but oh, go ahead. But the the linchpin the most like the, the thing that's emphasized the most in the film is is his problems with Kevin and yeah. the movie literally never shows uh, a single like pro- problem real problem that Kevin has that that isn't shared by ninety nine percent of kids he's just like a sensitive kid like the in the beginning before you actually really spend any time with the kid and they they meet the principal and says they're you know they've done psychological testing on him which by the way you can't i, I love the idea you that like they've been that. observing him and testing him and stuff and the parents didn't know but whatever um and, and so i'm just thinking like oh man this kid probably has some like significant anger issues or something or he's just, I, a, I, I thought he's just autism a, i thought maybe it was a thing where it's like oh he's autistic and then that's the thing that they're struggling with like in 1989 that would make sense sure. to have that in a movie the way they talk about him is as if he's uh the character from Peter Bogdanovich's mask, or like, or, <laughs> or we need to talk about Kevin, that uh, that other man. <laughs> they you know, they like. they talk about him like he's this disfigured chud or something, like or or just a, just a maniac, and he's yeah. just perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah. They they they. I mean, the way that scene ages, like the scene that we see about them talking about, you know, him not being able to be at school there next year. And I mean, then you the kid, like if the kid were truly. Uh, like I don't know they imply like ADHD or like uh, attention something like the kid obviously has the attention and the wherewithal to field second base he's just bad at it yeah yeah no it's uh as they, as, it's, a, as a parent of someone with ADHD uh, that <laughs> that whole scene was wild and then you meet the kid and you're like oh he's just a quiet sensitive kid I yeah. don't understand <laughs> yeah um yeah, and the other thing this movie does... I will which say is, that I like that Steve Martin as baseball coach is... He might be a little too enthusiastic, but he's like... He just... He wants everyone to have a good time. He wants yeah, a, he wants yeah. everyone just to go out there and do their best. Yeah, yeah. And the thing this with the Steve Martin character that this movie does, which I swear to God, every movie from like 1983 to 1992 did, is having a man get mad that the promotion that they thought they were going to get went to someone else. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, that is, you just described 5,000 movies. It's insane. Can you imagine, can you imagine in your, like, we all have different careers, ever acting the way these men act in these movies when they find out that, like, this idea that they're just entitled this promotion, and then when they don't get it, like, the way they act, it's crazy. This, this movie is not to a, a a huge degree but a little american beauty-esque in that you have this guy mm. who mm. has a very like do we even know what he does just something in sales that's another 80s thing sales yeah. they, they never yeah. say what <laughs> marketing sales well he's got to be bringing you know. in those multi-million dollar clients stuff. yeah like yeah uh sidetrack um because of like 80s sitcoms i thought when you grew up like the majority of what you did was just oh you do reports because presentations for boards because that's what they always say in like sitcom and stuff like oh i've had all these reports today honey at my generic office job 
Uh, like, why didn't they try to, like, trick us into thinking work was important and mattered? But, like, we grew up just constantly watching movies where everyone's just up late doing paperwork and reports. Yeah. I guess they were trying to warn us that, like, work is bullshit and we just yeah. weren't listening. I, that, so, that's what I wonder about because it, it does, you know, like, it makes me wonder, is this a whole, like, is this just a whole lie that things have been built on? So she was, like, um, it, you know, the men in these positions that they were, quote, unquote, so busy. They probably weren't, and, right? And, and a big part of this is... And the reason I say this is American Beauty-esque is because you have Steve, Mar- Steve Martin. Um, he has this wonderful wife. Uh, he has, as we've discussed, three kids. Uh, one is made out to be some type of psychopath, but he's fine. <laughs> he's they, fine. They have a huge, beautiful house. He has enough Steve- time to coach a Little League team. Yeah, Steve. And then, yeah, great point. And he goes to his office and, you know, he it's it's an upper middle class job and then he's just yeah he's like mad that he's not partner and he's and it's like dude you obviously you're making enough money that like why isn't this enough and this i mean the movie clumsily tries to explain it by him because he mentions like fine i'll send kevin to private school so now he uh, he feels like i need to make more money so i can pay for private school for my totally normal son (laughs) um and that that but it's the reason but so if like kevin really like we b- believed that then i think it would make a little bit more sense but since we going into those scenes already don't believe that his son needs much yeah. in the way of special attention then everything everything else falls apart it is wild they do describe kevin like it's leatherface and then you see him and <laughs> he's like, going to get oh, wheeled in in like the hannibal lecter <laughs> yeah, or something yeah. like oh, oh well he won't stop biting kids so we I, had to put this mask on like, him it's like Quasimodo is just chained to a pole on the attic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's insane the way they describe him in everything um, we see of him. The other note I was going to say is uh, it, it made me think of how uh, the not that there's really an important plot in Christmas Vacation, but the central plot is that a dude is mad he doesn't get his massive Christmas bonus. Like, yeah, I mean, that's another another like movie in that era where it's like, oh, what, I deserve that. It's I, just like a bunch. This is a very, and I think it wouldn't argue, but this is a very like boomer centric movie. And boomers like uh, we want it all. It's ours. Well, I th- in the movie's defense, I think the way we're supposed to read this is that, like the children of many alcoholics, like he's singularly focused and driven to try to get approval that his father would never give him. So yeah. when his boss denies him that then that's why he reacts that way. But but again, I mean, that that is what the movie is trying to do, but it doesn't earn it, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, the other thing they do in this movie, which you see in movies in this era all the time, is the insanely lavish, huge birthday party for the kids. Did yes. you guys ever have anything like that? No. no. Of course. I mean, like, why would you want that? I mean, there was, like... There was like twenty some kids at that party. The 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 kid is like um like riddled with anxiety uh and 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 these psychological issues, but he also wants to have um like a, one of Billy Madison's birthday parties. Yeah. I will say that it's a funny bit that the the booking company sent the stripper instead Absolutely. of the balloon artist. That's a good I wanna bet. know what kind of companies Employ both balloon animal tires and strippers. A non, a sex positive, non judgmental one, Joe. Well, <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, it is that, a wild that, mix up. That it's is a wild a, mix up. Yeah, uh, uh, but yes, there there's approximately a classroom of kids. Um, there's a horse. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's and, a big deal of a party. Yeah. I, I just I think the most I ever had at a party was like maybe ten altogether. I think, and my parents just took us mini golfing. Yeah, yeah. I would. I I think the biggest I can remember is like we went to a local park and had one of the shelters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the idea that you would spend hundreds upon hundreds and hundreds of dollars for your kid's party is wild to me. Wild to me, and I honestly don't even know if it's kids who want it. I think it's just like a way for parents to flex. It's, it's a yeah, it's a status thing. It's like the gender reveal stuff where and it's need- up too for the the kids who do want it that they're trying to flex. Like Kevin is like yeah, he he's he got cowboy he, Dan. He wants to have a party that was as cool as all his like 
jerk friends uh, party, you know. But whatever. Uh, also, speaking of the stripper, there is a lot of sexual jokes in this movie. Yeah, the vibrator thing was pretty fun. Kind the of vibrator. Funny. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know. Funny might be too strong of a word, but it I was mean, it's it's Chuckled. a raunch, it's a raunchy joke for a 1989. I don't even, not even an R-rated comedy. I mean, and the fact that one of the parents calls it an electric ear cleaner is hilarious to me. Uh, And also when Diane Weist gets, like, what if she has some line of, like, the reason I'm having sex with machinery is because your dad (laughs) left me here. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And also there's a whole roadhead sequence. Yeah. Um, Which is... When they when you saw what was going on, they set that joke up. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be dumb. But I did like how it just cut to the car crashed into a wall. My I, issue yeah. was like, I I can't imagine Rick Moranis getting a blowjob. No, no, none. Neither could it, the rest of the sisters. There, they're just it like kind what? of that it kind of honestly sort of freaked me out a little bit. Just that we're supposed to is, buy that his character is just getting just getting sucked off in his it's, Camaro. Or <laughs> it's weird. Uh, that you have Steve Martin and Rick Moranis, maybe the two uh, least sexual comedians of yeah. that era. Honey, I blew the dad. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, also, I also want to say this. I think I've always kind of struggled um, like seeing why people love Steve Martin the way they do. And I think it's sort of changed recently. I've always enjoyed The Jerk. And yeah. then I recently watched, slash rewatched. Um, Dirty oh, Rotten Scoundrels. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, yeah. And it was like, oh, oh, yeah. That's why. Because there's so much of his filmography is like Father of the Bride, Cheaper by the Dozen, Parenthood. Yeah. This, this movie was the start of when he saw that easy money family yeah. comedies. They're. They're not location shoots. You don't have to do anything. They make money. Too lavish. They're, yeah, just money in the bank. And he, he seems like a good guy. So you probably actually He's a really interesting guy. Like, mm-hmm. his, I've, uh, I've heard that, like, he's very, you know, he keeps his private life guarded, but he's an art collector. He writes novels. And then as Rob, I can't believe it, though. I mean, he's, he's a banjo enthusiast. He is. Yeah. Um, like not even ironically like I think it started ironically but now he puts out legitimate bluegrass and country albums and also like um, he also must like working with kids because we've talked about it before that like sometimes like directors and stuff say like working with kids and animals is terrible yeah C. Martin must have been like no it's fine they're good people it's easy must legitimately enjoy it I will say yeah there were I, th- I think Steve Martin is good in this movie, but kind of to your point about how, you know, for the majority of our lives, Steve Martin has kind of been phoning it in or at Absolutely. least uh, yeah. just doing weird stuff. But when his kid catches the fly ball and Steve Martin is just kind of dancing around, I'm like, oh, yeah, Steve Martin's a funny guy. I I, I, th- I think... Um... I, I, I'd like to ask you guys something. Okay. So I, I think that we kind of really covered the Steve Martin parental things well. I think primarily his character is is the struggle is a like what life do I want? Uh, do like his his wife becomes pregnant and he at probably a fairly advanced age, I guess mid to, to late thirties, and they already have three kids. So he's like, I don't know. Like I, I already kind of can't do what I want to be able to do with the kids I have. Also, I want to point out with that point. This is another example where, you know, she's like, it was an accident. Like, I didn't mean to get pregnant. Uh, listen, Steve, get a vasectomy, dude. Don't put that on the woman. Like, don't put all the birth control on the woman. And then it's like, what well, do you mean? And, like, to get all mad about yeah. that. That's on you, buddy. But continue your point, Joe. Um, and, and, and I think with the, his dilemma is really, really common in family comedies and, and family dramas. And, and, for, what makes it uninteresting to me is, for the most part, the the work life balance thing is not actually genuinely a dilemma. They don't need like like Duff pointed out. He doesn't need more money. I I mean I guess the movie clumsily tries to introduce a reason why he thinks he does, but I mean it doesn't work, and I don't buy it. 
it just it's ultimately comes down to just deciding like is work a thing that you do to feed your family or is work a thing that you do to feed your ego and yeah. and he ultimately seems to be at peace with you know it's 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 something i need to just do for my family now I, and I, so i think that at least the way it is introduced in this movie i think audiences you know when they're looking at measuring up a father his his pretty easy i don't even not even gonna waste my time talking about rick moranis's psycho stuff Um, oh insane i think we covered jason robards like it's got to be tough to to cut your kid off because like bailing them out over and over again isn't actually helping them Uh, also he's an awful father though oh yeah yeah, like he he leaves his kid on his birthday with an usher at a baseball game (laughs) and they (laughs) arrive almost halfway through the game that was that was that was kind of funny um so uh, I, but I did that wanna, leaves us. Oh, sorry. Uh, one thing about uh, Rick Moranis' character arc. Uh, so you guys don't test out your wives' diaphragms for leaks to see if she's trying to <laughs> trying to trick you into a baby. And so was she, or what was yeah. the point of that? Yeah, yeah. Which is even weirder. <laughs> so audience, two two things happen. You see uh, Rick Moranis holding up a diaphragm and just drips of water coming out of it and he's like aha you sabotaged your diaphragm with a pin i guess like so that so she could have another baby because rick moranis doesn't want another baby because uh only children baby geniuses are only children um Mm -hmm. according to his research so that bit maybe in another comedy would have worked but here like Moranis has no funny lines, so it's just creepy. Yeah, and, but and also there's no reason for us like dislike his wife at that point either. You know what I mean? Like it's like a yeah. weird thing to like. And then like, oh look what she did. The kicker is, I wasn't actually sure. I'm like, wait, did she admit to it? Because she, like the way she talks, I, it could just be a bad edit or a sloppy script. But I'm left with questions like. I, so she copped to it that she put pins in her diaphragm. It is a wild scene. I, she I just has sex wanted with Pinhead. Uh, <laughs> Rick Moranis, Hellraiser. Uh, yeah, it's the whole everything. Everything with Rick Moranis' character and his that family is like if like I said, if it was just like there's this tryhard dad fine but they the fact that they try to like squeeze an arc into it and have this moment when he sings to her and it's oh, like, that's a payoff oh, and i'm like God. this 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 dude's awful did Can someone I, had anyone actually seen anything rick moranis had actually done and knew his strengths because like i don't get why he was cast in this was it just to fool audiences into seeing this yeah, I yeah, guess it worked. Is, I mean, this is the same year, honey. This, so his 1989 is is Ghostbusters 2, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids in Parenthood. Rick Moranis, another person who, not to the same degree as Steve Martin, uh, saw the dollar signs from those easy family films. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, he literally, that's all he did. Uh, from, the, the, like, from like, yeah, the 90s on. on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, get your bag. Get your bag of money. I can't. I guess I can't argue. With um, so, so you had a question, Joe. Though, yeah, we were going to move on to the the other. Here, here's what I thought was the most messed up part of the movie. I can't believe it hasn't gotten brought up already. And this is not a father issue. This is a mother issue. So oh. Diane West, uh, her her daughter Keanu Reeves is just laying pipe left and right <laughs> in her daughter's bedroom, uh-huh. um, he, taking nudes. To, he brings a camera to shoot some nudes, or as he puts it, to document our love. <laughs> and and that, that was hilarious. What a expert line reading. Uh, really good. And in a mix-up, uh, her mom picks up the pictures, and the daughter picks up her mom's pictures. From, also, from like, the mo- what a the wild thing. That, like, I mean, we, we grew up on, like, getting pictures developed and stuff, but, like... I you know if you showed this movie to a teenager, do you have to be like, so? They used to have to do this. You drop it off at like a grocery store or whatever, and then pick up your photos a few days later. It's the same thing as when we watch a western and some dude is behind that cloth and holding up the thing. That <laughs> yeah, goes it really is. It is that far removed. 
yeah it it's it always kind of like makes me gig like kind of chuckle when i when i see movies with that but and then yeah um so yeah if you wanted to take pictures you'd uh shoot 24 out of them at a time or whatever no idea what they look like and then a teenager at the mall would uh look <laughs> yeah. at all of them the, that dude who sells your older sister crank uh he, <laughs> he works at the walgreens <laughs> And he's going to see everything. Uh, Robin Williams, when he's not murdering people, uh, develops <laughs> your photos. So, And then on top of the, the film you had to pay for, you're going to pay like 10 bucks for that roll of photos. And you don't know if they're good or not. No. No clue. So, um, so she, the daughter, I can't, I, sorry, I can't remember the daughter's name. Um, it's fine. I can't yeah. remember anyone's name in this movie. Yeah, true. Um, I know Todd was the name of her boyfriend, uh, which is a great name for like a boyfriend a parent doesn't like. And it's a funny Ju- bit that she Julie. keeps saying. Yeah. It's a funny bit that Diane Weiss keeps saying that Todd. <laughs> yeah, that Todd. So he, she, when the daughter, Julie, arrives home or whatever, um, she sees her mother just looking through the photos. Mm-hmm. And... I can get looking at two as a mother. Like you get that first one. You're like, well, that can't, this must be a mix up. That can't be her. And then you flip and you see another one. You're like, oh, that's, that's my daughter just getting railed yeah. by, by that time. So George, George C. Scott watching his daughter. Uh, yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. So over the course of that scene, she just flips through and comments on at least a dozen of these different photographs. And I just thought that was so bizarre and well and twisted. What did, did to, you guys react the same way? To and, be fair, she's seeing prime Keanu Reeves laying pipe too. So maybe oh, that's part and, of and she's used to having sex with machinery. So seeing yeah. Keanu Reeves in like uh, probably the peak seeing, punk mode, seeing his John wick. <laughs> Uh, that he's, he's about to point break her daughter. Uh, <laughs> uh, the to me the weirder part of that family, and I do think that the picture thing is odd. But then they have an omen kid, Diane or Diane Weiss did played um, by played by well at this point Leaf Leaf uh, Phoenix yes. soon uh, later to be Joaquin Phoenix, and yeah. and I think that like for a kid performance, I know we. Uh, I know you guys weren't a fan of him in that space, space movie, right? Yeah, I thought like for a kid, he does a really good job. Like he has that scene where he's just acting alone when he calls his dad, and yeah. I was like, I thought that was pretty he affecting. Is... And you could you could see, you know, you could see like, oh, this this kid's gonna be something. Like in that, uh, scene. he's. I think the role is so uh, doesn't fit in with stuff, and is mm-hmm. so weird that. I guess he does a good job. I do think the scene where he calls his, his doctor dad, who doesn't want anything to do with him, is really good. But, yeah, like, all of a sudden, like, you have this kid who won't, like, by all accounts, like, this kid behaves the way they talk about Steve Martin's kid. Yeah. Although all he's really doing is just tugging all the time. Yeah. I mean that's that's all it ends up being. It's a pretty, like, uh, it's a pretty masturbating all the time. Pretty funny scene that Keanu Reeves is the one who tells him it's okay. He's popping boners and yeah. tugging. Like, <laughs> that kid's messed up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay, if you could have had a, a like an older, like late teen role model when you were <laughs> Gary's age, like Todd is pretty cool. Oh yeah, I mean, you would think Todd is super cool. God, like, that, I, don't think... I totally forgot yeah. that there's a drag, like a, a drag, a drag race sequence. Um, I just the more I think of this movie, come on, <laughs> Keanu are... Reeves. That, like, there's just too much. Like, okay, so by the once we got about two thirds of the way through this movie, I was like, I've never seen This Is Us because I don't hate myself, but I've seen <laughs> does enough like commercials of This Is Us, and I'm like, that's whoever made that d- terrible show just watched this movie and I was like, what if we did Parenthood, but made it even more dramatic? I mean, I, I do think and this I mean, is a lump cut away from being a good movie, though. Yeah. Yeah, it, it does go on too long. Now I'm just thinking about... Uh, I never actually watched it, but the This Is Us where the, the pressure cooker explodes and kills everyone or something. <laughs> I think that's the pilot, maybe. <laughs> but that's that's like what this the race car that's like. what this race car is. It's just like, wait, what what is I thought this was a family uh dramedy. <laughs> now now I'm watching a race car sequence. Yeah. 
it, it was deeply weird. The other uh, thing that I got hung up on is that uh, Julie is in high school. How is it even legal for her to get married? Well, she could be 18. <sighs> yeah, she I could guess. Be. And I, uh, I just, I just wish might that be, the... I think in some states you can get married when you're 16 without parent parental. Uh... Let's go on Reddit and ask someone, and we'll get like. Eight, eight. <laughs> oh my god! All right, our libertarian listeners, I know you have a chart up on your wall with all the age of consent laws. So let bunch us know. Of, like a bunch of dudes in fedoras just acted like a dog whistle went off. <laughs> well, actually, um, yeah, I just wish that they. I don't know. I got hung up on it, but Diane Weist was very nice. Like, well, I guess Keanu Reeves lives here now. At least I know he has a good pipe. <laughs> <laughs> My God, Todd. Todd with one D. He only needs that, that one Todd. D. <laughs> that Todd. The one one D is big enough. Uh, speaking of something I read that will make sense now. Um, so Julie, uh, the the daughter. She looked familiar played... too. She's in like stuff, right? Martha like, she, Plimpton. She's... Yeah. yeah, she's. Uh, the oh, the Goonies! That's what I recognize. Yeah, she's okay. she's the nerdy friend in the Goonies. Yeah. So, uh, fun fact that I read that actually makes sense. So she had been in a movie before Parenthood, or had been filming a movie before Parenthood, um, called I don't know what it was called, but she in that one she's like I think she has cancer, so she's got a shaved head. So in this movie she's wearing a wig the entire time, which. Now that you know that, makes more yeah, sense. Yeah, she looks we, she looked weird in this movie. Something was off. Something was off, and now I know what it is. Exactly. Like okay. I didn't know either, and then I read that, and I was like, "Oh, that's why her hair looked super weird." And um, also, why there's a, a scene where they shave each other's heads. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. Maybe like halfway through, he's like, "I'm tired of wearing this wig." <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess if we're thinking about how weird and uneven this movie is, like when you supposedly the genesis of it is basically like Ron Howard and and the other creatives involved just like riffing and and basing it on their experiences as parents. So like when it's made by people who are like, my family life is interesting enough to be turned into a movie. Well, it wasn't. And it, and it sort of exp- it, it sort of explains why it's this sar- sort of all over the place. Like if the genesis of it is everyone just spitballing with stories of their I own mean, families, I guess you can get how it would come together this way. For better I just or for ass- worse, I just assume it's a bunch of rich kids trying to be edgy. Because I mean, Ron, Ron Howard, he's never not been famous. He like he, has, he doesn't have any like actual normal troubles. Yeah, that's true. I assume no, that I assume the rest of these people are the same way. These Hollywood types. Dang Hollywood types. I get it, man. I do love Duff that this and American Beauty are the same movie, just two sides of the same coin. Like this is <laughs> just this is one decision away from American Beauty. This is a plastic bag uh, <laughs> a different end away from American Beauty. The plastic- if, if, if Steve Martin took those photographs instead of Keanu Reeves, it's American Beauty. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the uh, the Tom Halsey Larry character grows up to be the Kevin Spacey character in American Beauty. Oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't, I didn't love it, but it was it was not what I expected. And like I said, I think my expectations were low, and I did enjoy like I enjoyed the cold open. Uh, I also want to point out one thing that I don't think is supposed to be funny, but it made me laugh. So Steve Martin in this is supposed to be 35, and he has these visions of, like, depending on if he makes a right choice or not with Kevin. <laughs> and in the visions, you know, Kevin's eight or nine in this movie, and yeah, so it shows yeah. him, like, graduating from high school or college. So, like, at worst, it's 10 to 14 years later. And Steve Martin's character is like 85 years old. He's got a cane. He's like so decrepit and old. And I'm like, oh my god! Like well, my I, son is eight. When I imagine him graduating from high school, I don't imagine myself like with a cane and like super old. <laughs> it's because it's because how do you make Steve Martin look 10 years older? Yeah, he that's always true. he always looks old, anyways. So that you this... give him a wispy, weird mustache and a cane. <laughs> I mean, there is one part where he imagines Kevin is just shooting up a place. And like, I, w- I was going to say, well. oh, man, yeah, the, he's the tower shooter from Austin. Yes. Yeah, I was like, well, this isn't I, funny at all now. Well, I actually thought it was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> and 
<laughs> Especially because at the very end of that sequence, you just hear in the distance, you're, he made me play second base. Yeah, that part was funny. I, I'll give you that, Duff. That was good. Um, Is there anything else on this movie or, uh, you know, I, I guess like work-life balance questions you have for us, Joe, or advice that we need to give people so they know how to, you know, how to be a dad? Uh, I mean, do you feel like this, I guess I'll phrase it this way. Do you think that this movie provides any interesting or moving or useful insight into fatherhood? The only, the only moment that like resonates a little bit is when he, him and his wife are having a fight and he's like, I got to go to, I got to go to little league. And she's like, do you have to? And he's like, my whole life is have to. Like, I kind of get that when you're a parent. There's a lot of like, oh, I I got to do this stuff. Like, you have a lot of things on your day mm-hmm. yeah. that, like, you have to do. Which when you, before you're a kid, you just think you have to do things, but you don't actually have to do them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then when you're a parent, you're like, no, I, I do have to do these things. So, like, that part kind of works a little bit. Um, And, I mean... I think there's some sweetness in this movie at times. There's a lot of bad dads. Uh, you know, there's a lot of bad dad happening. I mean, Steve Martin is clearly the best dad in this movie. And, yeah. you know, he has... I mean, for the most part, I think he's pretty good. There's, you know, a couple times where maybe he's not his best. But for the most part, compared to, like, you know, his drunk father dropping him off with an usher or, like, <laughs> you know, the Larry character doesn't even, like... We don't even see him with this kid outside the time he, like shows up with them that he just had the kid sit in the car yeah he um, treats his kid like a dog he just got that he yeah, found. just put him in front of the tv yeah and rick moranis's character is just like beyond parody i mean it is you know like they have like that square root joke or it's just like oh my god yeah come on um, um so i do think like that i guess i'll add that like steve martin like his character kind of looking at the the um the Rick Moranis guy and just being like, you know what? It's fine that my kids are like pretty dumb right now. They're kids. They should be dumb. Yeah. You know, I, maybe I, I will give this movie a little more credit and that I think it's, I don't want to say progressive, but towards progressive for 1989. When you think about, listen, just look at the masculinity from our last movie, three men and a baby. Yeah. Like I, and I do think, for comedies of the time um i don't know about family comedies but i'm I'm thinking about like tv comedies like the 80s was just awash with 80s with family sitcoms and for the most part it was just tropes from 30 years ago where like the the dads would want their kids to be the best at sports and they'd push them and the dads would be like oh that's for sissies and there's literally a scene in this movie where Jason Robar's like you can go you can beat that kid up you're bigger than him <laughs> and Steve Martin's like no I'm not going to tell my kid to do that what's wrong with you and yeah. for like for an 80s movie that's again not prog- like that's the bare minimum of progressive but for the time i think it's pretty forward thinking yeah yeah that's a good point i mean you're right i mean basically all of our compliments to this movie is is due to the just the the basement level expectations you would have for a movie from this time period in this genre all our compliments are begrudging yeah, like if you go into this, isn't like, that I'm... isn't that the Ron Howard story though? <laughs> yeah, it is, and I and I in expectation setting is important on this. Like if you go into this thinking like, oh, Magnolia is a movie about families that are intertied yeah. together, <laughs> uh, and then you watch this, and it has like, Jason Robards. Yeah, you're gonna be disappointed. But if you go into it being like, oh, is this like a uh, you know a if you family go in... silly comedy, and you're like, oh no, it's a little more than that. <laughs> If you go into it kind of thinking, is this one of the hundred bad slapsticky family movies Steve Martin made? And and the answer is kind of yes, but it's the best. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, and also I like don't know. Diane Weiss, man. Yeah, She's great. The, I mean the cast saves it. If you don't have these these players, uh, I don't know what happens. By the way, in the scene where in scenes where we have a one shot of uh, um jason robards and steve martin i keep thinking they're the same age i'm like what they're like five five years apart 
Yeah, how 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 old? What is the difference between those two? I I don't know, but they said at one, and they say in the movie that Jason Robards is supposed to be sixty five. Okay, and I think he's supposed to be like thirty years older than Steve Martin. He's twenty three years older than Steve Martin in real life. Uh, so they look a lot closer to me. <laughs> yeah, well, just this again, uh, just Steve Martin, uh, maybe like number one, asexual, like just all. When I think of him, I think of like. Uh, like you said, like Dirty Rotten Scoundrels or Planes, Trains, and Automobiles uh, or the Muppet movie. <laughs> or the uh, like, there's actually like a scene where, not a sex scene, but like he's like they're working on it and he's too distracted to like have oh, sex with I was... his wife. And, I, and I'm like, man, st- watching Steve Martin like in a scene like this is not I'm it, uncomfortable. It, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, okay. you're right. Also, I will say no couple with three kids is coming home after a whole day going to the ballpark and making it back home and being like, let's have sex. Well, maybe they figured that's the kids are all tired enough for they're not going to interrupt us. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I don't want to. She doesn't want to wake them up with her uh, her vibrator. Well, they're at a Cardinals game, right? They're probably tired from yelling racial slurs. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful stuff. <laughs> Wonderful. Kids, put your um, hoods back on like we had on at the baseball game and go to sleep. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Joe, do you want to uh, announce our uh, our movie next week? Yeah, I, we're going to uh, move on from the whitest movie in the world. And we're going to watch Boys There's in the Hood. There's a black kid in this movie, Joe. Oh, yeah. Uh, who's, like, literally a toke. Like, <laughs> like yeah. his entire, um, like, existence in the movie is like, oh, my God, he has a black kid. He has three lines of dialogue. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. So uh, I, I wanted to get something that's really centered on the challenges of raising a teenager. And I also, you know, wanted some, some diversity in our selections. And also I wanted one that I was just positive was going to be a really good movie because I've seen this a few times. It's Boys in the Hood. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we'd, we've never really tackled a, a John Singleton movie, which I'm excited to do. Because he's pretty awesome, and and I just think it, it's gonna be a very different look at fatherhood than um, looking at like Ted Danson and Steve Martin's <laughs> antics. I mean, like literally, like the most like <laughs> insulated, like white uh, upper middle class look at parenting, and and this uh, I think is uh, like much more real. Because uh, I don't know, raising a teen- teenager's gotta be scary, and yeah, uh, and uh, I think I, th- I think we'll have a really good talk about it. I'm excited. Have you have you guys seen it already? I have seen it, but I haven't seen it in probably at least 15 years. Yeah, so. I I don't think I've seen it in close to 20 years. I remember it being great. Yeah, um, and since then I know it's still talked about a lot as one of the great dramas of the early 90s well i tried to i I tried to think of a move like my favorite movie dads like like i wanted at least one movie where it's locked down like that's a that's a heck of a dad and furious from boys in the hood like like stuck out to me uh, as a dad that that's pretty awesome so i'm excited to talk to uh talk about it next week also i was just thinking me watching this will be um like when I watched it the last time and the first time, I was a, close to a teenage teenager. Now I got to watch it with the other thought in my head. Mm-hmm. Should be interesting. Yeah, that's a great pick, Joe. Um, and uh, listeners, as always, we have a Patreon at Patreon.com/slash The Midnight Boys. I don't know what we're gonna have there yet, but we are. There might already be there, depending on how time timing works on stuff. But we'll probably have a, a father episode or two that we'll be doing on there. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm excited to kind of switch things up from parenthood to boys in the hood. Two years apart, but much different. <laughs> yeah. Steve Martin didn't want to do that one. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, Billy Crystal was going to do it in blackface. And <laughs> oh, no. God. All right, guys. Well, uh, it's been fun to talk about parenthood. Hopefully we learned. Don't do it. Uh, also, we didn't mention at the end, literally every couple may has another baby uh, yeah. in yeah. parenthood. Like, everyone is pregnant or a baby came out. Uh, so, a lot of baby may come <laughs> or, out. Just the <sighs> the way you said that, or a baby came like, out. So, like, you sort of implied, like, the baby came out, but they weren't pregnant? 
I don't like. I mean, I didn't see it happen. Like just a. Uh, they had a egg sack like the queen alien or something it's like the yeah. brood <laughs> they just oh my god yes oh joe we should have done the brood for I thought, how to I, be a dad it was on my long list and i didn't email that one that, to you guys but that, uh, I well think, maybe i guess that's equally about moms and dads yeah maybe that maybe that would be a patreon i mean i think that was cronenberg's like you know david lynch with a racer head was his fatherhood anxiety movie mm-hmm. i'm fairly if I recall correctly, Cronenberg made the brood for like the same reason. Like, he's a new new parent and kind of. No, never mind. That was his divorce movie. Divorce movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's another season we should do someday, guys. Is filmmakers oh. in our divorce movies? Oh, oh, like di- divorce dad energy is my favorite energy, and I, yeah. I, I mean I hope to we never could... live it, but I love witnessing it. <laughs> that would be an excuse to dig into Temple of Doom. Because that's yes. George, George Lucas's divorce. Movie. Oh, that's a great idea. I, I would do that. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, guys, uh, we'll be back next week talking about Boys in the Hood. <laughs>